It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, they did it! Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric France and Jason Walker, our number two. Full two hours of the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, streaming on 106.9thefan.com and, of course, on the 106.9 The Fan mobile app. Take us with you wherever you may be going. It's where you can also go back and listen to former uh, or past episodes or, or past interviews that we've done with players and coaches. we got more interviews with uh, players coming up this hour. Um is uh, Utah State concluded fall camp earlier today. I got a chance to go up there and uh, talk to some of the players. Chandler Dolphin, starting center for Utah State. A Johnny Carter, uh, the moved positions. He's now playing cornerback for USU. So we'll hear from both of them here shortly. But always encourage you to chime in on our full court press text line, 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in. A uh, question that you may have, a point you want to make, we'll take it all on the text line. If you want to order pizza, <laughs> you won't get one, you but you can, can do you it. You can place your order. <laughs> I'll just be like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Hope you get that someday. <laughs> <laughs> 9315, uh, just think sellout crowds could equal New Year's 6, so could still play teams like Alabama. Uh, I don't know about sellout crowds equaling New Year's Six Bowl. Those are pretty hefty payouts. Yeah. But regular sellout crowds in games that do not involve BYU and Boise State have been really hard to come by in this town, Um, which is too bad because it's been fun football. When you look at the past decade, you have to think we are living in the golden era of Utah State football. The, the team is perennially a bowl team. It's a it's a team that has competed for conference championships twice, won once. Uh, it's got, gosh, in the last 10 years, is it the last 10 or 11 years? There have been three 11-win seasons. Yeah, it's 10 seasons. Because um, 2012, that was 10 seasons ago. It's not 10 years ago, so to speak. I mean, it is now, but... They've had 10 seasons from 2012 to 2021. In that time, they've had three teams. Uh, well, four teams win 10, uh, 10 games at least. Uh, 2012, oh, right. 2014, I think, and then 2018, 2021. Yep. Uh, they had a nine-win team in 2013. So, you know, about half the time, you're getting a nine-win team. And then the other half of the time, you're getting like a three-win team. But anyway, <laughs> or actually, three of no. those are actually six to seven. Teams. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've been bowl or bowl eligible. They've yeah. gone to bowl games. They had a pair of six and seven teams. They have a seven and six team. And then the other one was like three and nine and then one and five. One and five. So the, those are roughly your, your ten seasons. So, but when you look at, if you take ten years, ten years, ten years, you go back over time. 
this is the best era of Utah State football that yeah, we're pretty, in right now. Pretty much. Aside from if you look at uh, 1959 to, I think it's 62 or 63, then that's like the best of the best because then you're looking at the Merlin Olsen era teams, uh, John Ralston. Um, that was a team where I think in 1961 they finished 10th in the AP poll. They showed up. They, they only did uh, 10 spots in the AP poll uh, during that time, so they end, they finished the season in that last poll. They made number ten. So, aside from just that, then this is definitely the golden era, because yes, there's been some ups and downs um, with a, a few of these teams just being bad. Uh, Twenty sixteen, I think it was, went three and nine. If I'm if I'm remembering right. I may not have the years right, but they did have a three and nine team. It was bookended by six and seven years. Uh, then they have, you know, four seasons where they're winning ten games. So it's been hit or miss sometimes. But still, when I'm talking about the the previous area back in the nineteen you know nineteen fifty nine to nineteen sixty three or sixty four ish, that was a five year span where they had about three or four really good in in nineteen sixty one's case. Arguably the best team ever. Over 10 years, we're getting pretty consistently at least good teams and a handful of really great ones yeah. relative to what we've had. I know. It's it's a fantastic era. I mean, there's few things you could ask more of than what this team has been able to, to do. Despite several different coaching changes, there's still been an expectation of success. And you know, bowl eligibility, going to bowl games, competing for you know uh, division title position, going to conference championship games. Yeah, you, you so, mentioned the the coaches, John Ralston. When his era ended, that pretty much ended that golden era of the '60s. And they also went independent, which that was a mess and a half. Yeah. But uh, over the last ten years, like four coaching changes, only like three coaches, but four coaching right. changes. Go from Gary Anderson to Matt Wells. Back to Gary Anderson, then to Blake Anderson. You know, four times they've changed coaches, but they've maintained a certain level of consistency. Right. And then there, ha- I don't mean to downplay that there hasn't been community support because there has been. Yeah. Now, before that sea change that happened with Gary Anderson 1.0, uh, this was a basketball town, no questions asked. But th- there, it it really shifted to be not totally a football town, but definitely a football team became more relevant. Yeah. And it be, it, you know, past seasons, the student section would show up for the first home game of the season, and you'd never see them again. Yeah. And now they're they're strong through the whole season. Yeah, they're the strongest part of the crowd. Them and obviously the general admission seats really show up. Again, their fans are balking a little bit at the $100, $125 tickets, which, fair enough, it's... If you bring your family and pay 125 bucks a pop for those seats in the mid-November game, I, I kind of get it. Uh, that's why most families go sit in the, <laughs> the general admission. Which right, is, but there's there's packages. You know, there there are deals that the university has out there. Yeah, there's they're they're offering them all the time. You know, if you only want to go to two or three games, which that's most people. You know, me and you, it, it's our job. We go to slash watch every game. Um, not everybody has that luxury. Especially going to games, so you pick two or three. 
Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. Uh, 9315 texting in, if we were in the southern USA, would this football team be expected to do more than what we have in football at USU? Well, everyone in the south, south wants their team to win the national title every year. So, <laughs> I mean. It, it's a, and it's a different culture and a different mentality. Uh, I mean, when the game is on, life stops. Right? It's, and even before the game is on. Like they're tailgating several hours before. That really, there's some people who do it, but by and large, it doesn't happen here. People are still walking up as the game is starting. Um, so it's it just, it's a very different culture there. Would they expect more than what we have here? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think the ex- expectation is still high. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's hard to predict. Yeah, I mean, I was down in Arkansas for a while. I was living probably a couple hours outside of Fayetteville at this point. And they're all all in on Arkansas, a team that's kind of a middling slash bottom part of the SEC, uh, depending at least in football. They're a little better in basketball with uh, Musselman there. They're actually doing pretty good in basketball. Yeah. But with their football, I mean, I went to this puny little gym, and they got a whiteboard set up with every single Arkansas football game. Like, they take it seriously. It's It's part of who they are. Um, and and they expect their team every year to make that turnaround, you know. And and essentially, Utah State has some of that expectations, but there are people around here who are like, okay, you know, we're okay with being okay. Then there's some of us who are, who are pushing a little harder. Right. Now I don't remember who it was who told me this. Kind of goes with what nine three one five is saying. How do we get people in Logan to be like Southern USA fans? Uh, I. I I'm trying to remember who it was that laid this out, but they said some of these places there was there was nothing else to do. So when that game is on, like it is the biggest thing to go and be a part of, and it will draw people from all over the area because there's there's really nothing else to do in the area. I think the comparison was in Iowa. Uh, Iowa football is a big deal because there's not a whole lot else to do when you're in Iowa out in the middle of <laughs> nothing. Now, is, uh, is that to say that you know, there's more competition for things to do here? Maybe. De- depends on what kind of person if you are. If you're an outdoorsy person, uh, you might never even look at the Utah State Stadium. Right. There's so much to do. If you're not that kind of person, if you're more like me, well, sports is about all you got here. Yeah. So <laughs> what is it going to take? I don't know. I mean, successive years of success – Apparently that's not the the missing ingredient because that's there. Stadium renovations, better bathrooms. Apparently that's not the recipe because that's been fixed. <laughs> I get it. There's the uh, the east side that still has some issues, but I I don't know. So here's the thing. I actually did some some math, and I wish I had those numbers in front of me. Put myself on the spot here, where I did some math. It's a bit of napkin math. It's not perfect, and it's it has some some flaws with the methodology. But I was looking, you know, BYU they sell out their sixty thousand something seat stadium all the time. University of Utah does the same. And honestly, when I looked at it, look at the population base around those cities. It's in the millions for both, and they're both kind of sort of close together. They're within a couple of hours of each other, so they're. They kind of mix together, you know, Utah and Salt Lake County. I think I did the math based off of just Utah County, Salt Lake County, and eBay threw in a couple of this. But generally, they had millions 
to draw from. Certainly, if you include Davis, which yeah. I would include. Yeah, you can that. include Davis and, and Weber and, and, a, and a bunch of other counties around them. Generally, that you know, Wasatch Front, you're dealing with a couple million people, most of the population of the state. They can draw on that to fill their stadiums. Logan is operating like at two or three hundred thousand at best. At very best. If you're drawing so, from, if you have to, if you go down into northern part of Weber County. Yeah, and I think I even tried to include one of the counties in Idaho. Right. If you, yeah. If so, you include folks in Malad. Yeah. Preston. So for Utah and BYU, I wish I could remember the numbers, but they had like, may, like something the single digit percent of the population could show up to their game and they'd fill the stadium. For Utah State, it's in double digits, closing in on like. Oh, again, I wish I could remember the numbers, but something like 10 to, 10 to 20%. Like, almost a fifth of the valley has to show up to fill that stadium. And that's not going to happen. A fifth of the valley isn't necessarily interested in football. Or at yeah. least not on an every week basis. Yeah, or has the means to go, or or is even a fan, you know, with how, you know, it's not like it was, you know, 30, 40 years ago where everyone here is like a Utah State alum they've been here. Now there's a lot of people moving in from out of town, out Mixed of state. alliances, yeah. Yeah, so you know, you go up to if you go play pick up basketball at the Arc, there's people wearing stuff from every college in the country, <laughs> and it's the same with you know people living around here. You see BYU stickers, University of Utah, so it's like you'd have to get like a fifth of the valley to show up to Utah State. That's dang near impossible to do, just with you know how many people tend to go to sporting events. Whereas, you know, if you try to compare it to University of Utah and BYU, they don't have to do that. Or if they do have to do that, it's because they have to fill up like a twice as size stadium. So that that was kind of my theory is that Utah State just or Cash Valley just doesn't have the population to sustain the kind of attendance the way that BYU and Utah can. No, that's very true. Uh, you kind of have to rely on uh, a lot of uh, you know, Wasatch Front Aggies to make that trek yeah, make, north. Yeah, make the drive through the valley, couple hours for a lot of them. So it's like, I don't know how much of it is really, does nobody here just care? It's just that probably the same number of people care. It's just we can't, you know. Population basis. Yeah, the population there. just, and you could say some of the populations chain where there's maybe a few less people interested, again, because of that, you know, people moving in from out of state. But I don't know if I want to criticize the interest level, so to speak, of the valley. As it's just a, and and, and those will be factors because you can talk about people bring up TV, being able to watch it on TV. We've talked about this. Some of those will be factors. I can't boil it down to one thing. Sure. But I think a big thing does does have to be just population. No, that's a great point. Very, very valid point. Uh, 1570 on our full court press text line. Do you think there's a good chance that USU could end up in the Pac 12? Or do you think the Pac-12 will dissolve in the Mountain West, could become the new Pac-12? Uh, the answer for me is no and no. Yeah, we... USU is not going to the Pac-12. We toyed with this idea a little bit where we are thinking, after some of the initial news of the Pac-12, it was the sky is falling for the Pac-12. Things have settled. Um, and I already shared my thought that the Mountain West doesn't have the... <laughs> they don't have the leadership capacity to pull a move off as good as absorbing the Pac-12 and merging the two conferences. They're not competent enough to do that. They can barely get their own good TV deal, much less overtake the Pac-12 and negotiate them into into merging. 
And that's basically the only way Utah State joins the Pac-12. Or so many teams leave the Pac-12 that everyone from the Mountain West moves to the Pac-12. Do basically what the WAC did to the Mountain West. Everyone moves from the WAC to the Mountain West. Right. And then it's just the Mountain West under a different name. The only way there is, if that happens, if you see those what they call the four corner states or the school, the four corner schools, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona state go to the uh, big 12. If Stanford goes independent, if Oregon joins the big 10 and you only have a handful of schools at left, that point, at that point is what Cal Cal. Isn't that the only Oregon one? Oregon state. Oh, yeah. Cal, Oregon state, Washington, Washington state, state. Washington, Washington could go with Oregon to the Big Ten, maybe. Yeah, that's that's true. So you'd have they fit the profile. Yeah, you'd have three or four, basically, the, kind of the bottom teams in the Pac-12 right now. But look, the the Pac-12, Pac-12, the new Pac-12 commissioner, basically laid it out and said, uh, "We want schools that uh, are going to be in our in our kind of radar. You have to be in a good recruiting area for us. You have to be in a good TV market." Um. And uh, there has to be a competitive uh, balance. You have to be a good athletic program. And academics is still important. It wasn't as high on the list as perhaps it's been in the past. But academic standards are still high among the other schools remaining in the Pac-12. So for basically all but the academics, <laughs> Utah State's out of the question. Yeah. And... uh Nine through one five, he says, if USU were to make two New Year's six games, then I could see us being looking at for conference moving. Um, well, first off, that's not going to happen, <laughs> not for a while. But even then, like you say, like look at Boise would, State. Yeah, they've they've basically done that. But of course, we fulfill academics where they don't. Yes, yes. So like, but still, even if you go to two year, New Year's six games, like, do they actually still fulfill any of those other things? I mean, you'd also have to look at their basketball team. You know playing at least as well as it has in the last few years, maybe even a little bit better. Um, but the other thing is stadium size is a huge thing. Yeah. Athletic budget is a lot lower than the Pac-12 schools. Far below. So, you know, those guys are usually tropping, you know, operating on triple digits. Three times what Utah State's doing, more than three times. So, I mean, there there's things like that. Again, stadium size and budget where Utah State is just way behind. When you look at the landscape of the Mountain West as a whole, and you look at what's their uh, what's their resume versus the Pac-12 criteria, nobody matches and checks all the boxes. Yeah. So the Pac-12 would have to sacrifice one of its criteria to bring on a, a, any one of the Mountain West schools. Yeah. And if there's any school that is close enough to them doing that and setting something aside to get that particular school, there really is only one school, only one, that is close enough to their criteria to make them justify bringing them on. And it's not Boise State. It's San Diego State. Yeah, they they do come the close San Diego State. Maybe Fresno State after them, but again, they, they aren't as good as San Diego State. So San Diego State, you got recruiting. You you maintain a presence in Southern California. They've just invested heavily in a new beautiful new football stadium. Um, you know, there, there's a lot that that checks off the list. They don't have that R1 research institution status. 
that's their big knock, so to speak. But they're not as far down on their academics as like Boise State is. Yeah, and if if there's one you're going to give up, unless you're the Pac-12 has to bow to some academic snobs, then you know that's the one you're probably most likely because that's the one that there's less money involved in there. You know, you can make money off of teams that are bad in academics. It just kind of drags down the prestige. Obviously, they're very, very proud of the academic prestige of the Pac-12, and deservedly so. They they are good in academics. They have some wonderful academic institutions in the Pac-12. The, the only other school that may come close would be Colorado State, but that's only if Colorado leaves. Yeah. Because if Colorado stays, there's no need to add the Rams. Yeah. They've already got their footprint in Colorado. So. Right. Because Colorado State actually has the biggest budget, athletic budget. They have a pretty relatively new, beautiful new stadium. They have the academic standards, but do they have the recruiting footprint that they're looking for? Do they have the media market that they're looking for? That's, they you know, that's kind debatable. Of yeah, they kind of do. They're basically just the diet version of Colorado. Right. So. Buffalo light. <laughs> All right, a number of texts coming through. Got a lot of texts. Yeah, love that. Uh, 2603, does Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga ever add football? Uh, Probably no. not. I can't imagine why they would. It's, it's not. If you don't already have a football program, it's super expensive to add one. Yeah, because you've got to build a stadium. That's that's your most expensive problem. Then you have ongoing expenses with scholarships. And coaching salaries. And if they you know, if they look to maybe join a bigger conference, that would be the impetus behind adding a football team, which I don't know if they need to get to a bigger conference because they're basically the giant fish in a relatively small pond. They don't need that because they've become a power five team in kind of all but name because <laughs> they have that respect now. But maybe if you wanted to join a bigger conference, you had a football team, we'd have to add a giant stadium, a really big one, which is – a massive expense, which, you know, they're a fairly small school, I believe. Yeah, they're not a big uh, school. Yeah, in, in terms of uh, number of students. So tons of money up front, and then you have to fit that into your ongoing athletics budget, which takes away from basketball, which is the last thing they probably want to do in their athletic department. So, you know, you kind of get them maybe wanting to add a football team, but there's just a lot of barriers that would have to be crossed in they're the kind that athletic department's not going to want to cross. Right. Uh, 1570. <laughs> uh, I'm just going off of if the Pac-12 gets gutted. Probably should have put that in the first text. Uh, I understand that USU wouldn't be the first choice, but only if the Pac-12 got gutted. Now, two teams are already gone. If four others leave, then there might be something that happens there. But it may be more likely that there's something put together between those remaining Pac-12 schools and the Big 12. I just, it's what's been evident in the last several weeks since this all happened is that the Pac, now Pac-10, is going to be content with staying where they are. And if anything, they might add San Diego State. SMU is another school that's been discussed. Gets them into the uh, Denver, or excuse me, the, the Dallas Metro and gets them into Texas. But, if they're going to poach somebody, they're going to try to poach another power pro or a power conference, not try to elevate somebody from the Mountain West. Yeah, they just don't want to condescend 
to the Mountain West. You know, they they elevated a few a couple teams way back when 2010ish, I think was when it was, or was it 2012? Whenever they added Utah and Colorado, they did that once. And you're basically scraping the bottom of the barrel if you try and do that again. I mean, as I said, even if the Pac-12 gets completely gutted beyond just the the four corner schools, I don't trust the Mountain West to be able to pull off a merger. You, I'd, I'd like to see that happen, but I just don't trust the Mountain <laughs> West. I don't trust them to be competent. Uh, a number of more texts coming through, 2197. Uh, once UCF and Cincinnati go to the Big 12, the Mountain West Conference champ has a great probability of going to New York Six Bowl every year. Yeah, I think that's him disagreeing with me as far as Utah State not having a chance to go to the New York Six, like, I mean, two more times, or two times. Um, and, and that is a good point. I hadn't considered that because the Mountain West is going to start – you know, if Utah State maybe wins the championship and is ranked in the top 25, maybe they'd go to New Year's Six. Because um, I think usually they, they take the top G5 team, don't they, pretty yep. much automatically? Yep. So that that does give them a chance. Um, so I hadn't considered that. So there's a bit of a higher chance than maybe I was initially thinking, but still, this is the first time Utah State's won the Mountain West. Maybe let's not get too high on our horses yet. It's out there, though. It's a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility if they keep growing, then obviously. But let's. I'm a wait and see guy. <laughs> five two five three. Mountain West is closer to absorbing the Big Sky than the Pack is absorbing the Mountain West. Yeah, probably. Uh, probably. I think you're bring, pretty, pretty bring accurate. Up, bring up Weber State, man. It's a good program. But don't actually do that. <laughs> no. Uh, Seven nine nine four. The answer to attendance at football games is beer, maybe even free beer. Haha. Oh, free beer will get people at the stadium. It'll get some people there. But I think Utah State's a dry campus. Yeah. I don't know if the football stadium is considered campus, though. I think it is. So, yeah. It's, I'm pretty sure Utah State's a dry campus. I'm see, I've, Just in the last week, I have seen San Diego State announce some craft beer, uh, you know, partnership. Some something branded specifically for San Diego State, and then like the next day, I saw something similar for Oklahoma State, which kind of made the news. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine Utah State going there because there would be a record number of pearl clutches happening in Logan. <laughs> yes, if they did that, that uh, would still happen at the University of Utah, and I don't know if they sell beer either. Maybe they do. I don't think so. It's more possible than BYU. (laughs) (laughs) They don't even sell Mountain Dew at BYU games. Uh, Uh, That's funny. Yeah, there'd there'd be a lot of pearl clutching at Utah State if they tried to do that. I know it would definitely help attendance, but there's a lot of people in this community who would frown upon that. It might help bring some in, but it may drive others away. That that is true. It could drive some away. And, I mean, you you do kind of stand on that nice edge with the – people who drink beer as to whether or not they just become incredibly funny and wonderful fans or the angry riffraff that you never want at games because they do something stupid and violent. Right. And, and ruin the experience for everybody around them. Yeah. Uh, 2603. Also, rank the uh, top five Mountain West schools that would go to the Pac-12 if invited. Uh, for I me... Mean, I mean, that could get invited. I mean, all of them would go if invited. Well, if anyone would go. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we came up with a consensus number one, that's San Diego State. Then I'd probably put Fresno State. 
maybe Colorado State is two. Kind of Fresno State, Colorado State, two, three. Boise State probably after that just because they're so good you could probably ignore some of those other things. Maybe Nevada? After that? No, UNLV probably. No, I would pick UNLV. Yeah. So like that UNLV would absolutely be my top five. They don't have the athletic success, but they're a destination location. Yeah. So they've got that. And they going. actually do have academics. Yeah. But yeah, being in Vegas and some of the facilities they have, because like, everyone goes to UNLV to do their stuff. Right. The NBA goes to UNLV to do their stuff. <laughs> Tells you how good their facilities are. Uh yeah. So I I I'm pretty much with you. I might put UNLV a little bit higher. Yeah, maybe shuffle the names, but I think that's kind of your top five. Boise State makes a top five because they're a national brand. They do get viewership numbers, but they do not check any of the other boxes. They don't even come close. Nope. Recruiting footprint, academics, they're so far away. You combine Utah State and Boise State, maybe you get one. <laughs> yeah, buy one, get one. Merge them together. Uh, 9315, at one point did they take away football at Gonzaga? I don't know if Google th- time if they ever had a football program. Did. I don't know. I don't really know the Bulldogs history that well. Um, two uh, one two two. While you look that up, upgrade the uh, the stadium experience and people will show up. South end zone video screen needs to be upgraded. Better restrooms, better halftime entertainment. We don't need to watch the band every game. More effort to promote local restaurants at the stadium, etc. Shots fired at the band. Wow. Dude, I come from a family of band nerds. You can't, I mean, I didn't play in the band, but everyone else in my family was. You can't go after them like that. I mean, you you need to make the experience easy and enjoyable, but are you there because it's a really nice bathroom? Are, are you there because of the halftime entertainment? I, I get it. That's some of the things that separate that experience from just watching it at home. I, I get that. I'm not trying to downplay the, the point here. But the the there are some bathrooms that do need to be improved on that south end zone area, southeast corner. And they have plans to to do that. At least they're proposed. It's not official. But I this comes up from time to time like the uh, the media entertain or the uh, the halftime entertainment. I mean what? I, I'm not a, a, I'm not aware of anybody who decides to go to a game or not based on what the halftime entertainment's going to be. I know people who did it. My dad bought season tickets to both Utah State and BYU because his sons played in the respective marching bands. So that I know one person. Well, okay. <laughs> He's like the only person ever. Well, you're, if you're there to support the people who are there, I get it. But I mean, but I, I get I get your point. I just wanted to make fun of you because I. I had an answer you to that. Um, yeah, because I don't. Most of y'all are going to get concessions anyway when the band's playing. It's a nice background music to when you go when you're standing in line for your you know seven dollar popcorn. So, yeah, I don't I don't know about too much about the complaints about the halftime entertainment, the video boards and bathrooms and things like that. Because the reason you go to a football game is for the experience, the environment. And a lot of these things. Yes. So you try to do the things that improve those. Right. You want to enhance the experience. Yeah. Something that you can't get at home when you're in the comfort of your own couch and the bathroom is five steps away and you're a cold beverage on your lap. Yeah. And by the way, we keep getting more (laughs) texts. But to answer the one person's questions, Gonzaga does appear to have had football at one point. Uh, 1922 to 1941. So they probably stopped 
at World War One. World War Two. World War Two. Excuse me. <laughs> Didn't begin until after World War One. All right. Uh, so there's your answer to that. Been a long, long time. We have more text coming through. We're way over. We need to get some uh, some bills paid. <laughs> got got we, we, we do have some interviews from players we want to get to as well, but we love the feedback. Great interaction coming through on the Full Court Press text line. We'll get to your texts, uh, 435-339-0321, if you want to continue to chime in because they're great. I love it. Uh, but we will hear from the players who perform on the field and get their thoughts about what this upcoming season might look like. Uh, Johnny Carter, Chandler Dolphin, their interviews coming up in just a little bit. By the way, a bit of a scheduling snafu on the Rocky Mountain kickoff interview, so that's been pushed to tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. We'll have that tomorrow here on the Full Court Press. Grantham Mobile Automotive, uh, he's a guy that uh, can come to you to help fix your car wherever it may be, wherever it's broken down or having an issue. Now, some places you have to schedule an appointment. Maybe you have to wait like weeks in advance to even get your car in to get it fixed or looked at. And you might not even be able to get your car there at that point. Well, grant the mobile automotive, he'll come to you wherever you are, wherever your vehicle is, and help get it back operational quickly. He's locally owned. He's certified. He knows what he's doing. Give him a call, 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Monday, August 22nd, come help ignite the light with Alex Boyer as he performs a free concert at the Cache County Fairgrounds, bringing positive support to suicide prevention. Suicide affects all walks of life, backgrounds, and age demographics. Join Alex Boyer Monday, August 22nd for a free concert, bringing attention to suicide prevention and a new national suicide and crisis lifeline. 988. If you think you may need help or just want to talk with someone, call 988. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome to help make this event possible. Go to CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. The outpouring of support for this event last year was unbelievable. Business and individual donations are vital for the 2022 events. Join Alex Boyer at the Cache County Fairgrounds Monday, August 22nd for a free concert bringing attention and positive support to suicide prevention. Donations of any size are accepted and welcome. Go to CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com for concert details and donation information. That's CashValleyIgniteTheLight.com. And thank you for making this event possible. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. This is Ryan My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435 229 
435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Jason Walker, very lively discussion on the Full Court Press text line this afternoon. Keep them coming. It's been fun. 435-339-0321. To chime in five four five two. I get so tired of all the excuses for people not showing up to football games. Is the entertainment outside of the actual games that important? I mean, the Kardashians are still relevant, so clearly they get they draw something. <laughs> I don't know why anyone would want to follow that instead of Utah State football game, but to each his own. I know. I mean, you've heard me say this before. The first criteria is there to support your team. The second criteria is, who are they playing that day? Is it a great matchup? And then the third criteria, is there a special promotion going on, maybe? But I don't understand the one earlier about talking about local restaurants. I don't know how that gets me excited to go to a football game when you're there if, talking about local restaurants. If they have, like, a concession stand there? Maybe. Maybe get a Morty's there or something like I that. mean, concessions has improved. Could yeah. it improve more? Yeah, sure. Uh, but it, the bottom line is, right, trying to improve the experience. And, and this isn't unique to Utah State. This is across sporting events everywhere. Professional, college, high school, maybe not so much high school. But at large venues, this is an issue everywhere. Even places like Michigan. There's a concern with people not coming to the arena like they used to to watch the games. Because it is so easy to watch every game at home, in the comfort of your own home, in your pajamas, climate-controlled, beverage and snack and hand. You don't have to wait in line for the bathroom. That is the biggest competition for these sporting events. And so what do you do as a venue, as an institution, whether that be college or professional, to make that experience of being there better than somewhere else you could enjoy uh, uh, compared to the other options. Yeah, you do have to make an exciting or just a really appealing experience. You know, I sometimes have a hard time watching MLB games on TV, except for unless like the World Series or playoffs, you know, because playoff baseball is pretty good. But going to a baseball game, it's really good. You know, it's it's a wonderful environment. It's a pretty relaxed environment, but it's it's great. And you know, they should try to be that same way in football, you know, college football. Try and make it so it's unique because, you know, football games are exciting on TV. They're really good. So you got to find a way to beat out the broadcast in terms of experience. Usually it comes down to environment. We've been using that word, you know, the experience. Right. So you, is it, yeah. the, the chance. Yeah. Being there with your friends. Is it 
the, the fun promotion that happens between yeah. being on the Jumbotron or whatever. See, the thing is, the, the student experience is really good. And that's why the students have actually been pretty consistent. Because the student experience is wonderful. Is it the same for everyone else in the stands? I don't know if I can answer that question. I've never sat in some of those in the expensive West seats. I've sat in general admission. It's all right there. So you know, that, that that's something the Utah State can potentially work on. I'm sure they're they're doing some hard work to try and uh, figure out how to raise. They're attendance. they're very well aware of this topic. Yes, it's been a topic of this <laughs> they, show many times. They are not blind. Nine nine five two. We got to get through these quickly because I do want to get to the player audio. Uh, USU continues to shrink tailgating because big donors want to park just before game time. USU fans have no idea what real tailgating is. They need to visit SEC and Big Ten tailgating. Yeah, having an actual tailgating would really help it. And Utah State really has bowed to some. They bowed to some rich donors, which I guess because those guys donate. Tailgaters don't donate. They've tried to create experiences with a festival type atmosphere in some areas, but right, it's. It's easy for people to show up just before or right as game begins. And if they're willing to pay, then Utah State would kind of be dumb not to do that. But it does take away from the fan experience because, yeah, they're, they don't tailgate here. I mean, go to Colorado State. They tailgate. You know, I walked through their tailgating party, and, heck, that was – it's a party. Uh, at Utah State, it's, it's a thing that happens where people get together that know each other and they have some fun, but it's not, it's not real tailgating. Right, right. Uh, two one two two, couple texts here. Seven on seven Pee Wee football games at halftime, flag football games. Sponsor a local high school football team for each home game. Get the high school players on the field doing a skills competition against each other or against other schools. Diehard Aggie fans go, and if that gets fifteen to eighteen thousand people there. Fill up, fill it up with ten thousand moms, young kids, people who don't like football. University needs to be creative and excited, and uh, to be an exciting event to attend. See, those are some good ideas. Um, you should send them to Utah State. Some of those might have some pretty serious logistical barriers to them. I know there has been times where they've done stuff, yeah. not to the skills challenge, but they've had uh, you know, some mini bowl kids out there playing. Yeah, there's there, there's definitely some room for maybe some of those things to happen. I, I wouldn't know whether or not they're able to pull it off, but I don't think I'm opposed to any of those if they try them. Uh, 9315, could you make the cost too, too much to watch on TV and make it cheaper to be in person? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. And you'd probably drive away TV providers. Yeah. 2603, better seats and better tailgate would do it. Also, good seating and good good food go a long way for me to be at the stadium. Get like an iconic piece of food. Something you can only get there. Yeah. That's pretty common to a lot of places. Like Cougar Tails. At Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I know it's just a giant maple bar, but still. It, but, it's an iconic thing. I don't know if Utah has one of those. but No, but there are, uh, in, in professional sports venues and in college arenas, uh, they there are places that offer a unique food item that you can only get there. And that's part of the, the mystique and the atmosphere as well. It yeah. makes it fun. All I right. Say, yeah, I would say Aggie ice cream, but they have that somewhere You else. can find that somewhere else. Maybe there's a unique flavor you can only get while at the game. Yeah, that, w- that would be. Or a unique way of getting that f- other flavor. Anyway, I thought. Uh, I want to make sure I have time for this. I had a great conversation with the Johnny Carter and Chandler Dolphin today. 
the last day of fall camp for Utah State football. And uh, first I spoke with the Johnny Carter, uh, big personality, bit of a trash talker, and uh, he's got confidence, and you need that at his position. And I actually talked to him about that. Here's the Johnny Carter uh, earlier today, just after practice concluded. Johnny Carter, Utah State teammates, coaches call you AJ. <laughs> um, how is it going with the new position? Playing on the boundary, playing corner, like you're moved around a little bit different than what you were used to last year. I mean, it's going good. I'm learning from the, some of the guys that played the position, Michael Anyuangu and Drake Grayson. But I mean, I'm learning, taking it every day at a time, taking, I'm learning new things. So it's going great. I'm loving it. Do you feel like you're a little more isolated being there? from where you were before? I definitely feel a little isolated, but I mean, at the end of the day, we still got plays and um, that I go to a different position, so I still I get to move around and still be able to be agile around the field. So You, you still like get to impact the game, yeah. yeah. Um, there's There seems to be a lot of depth uh, in the secondary overall when you include the safeties, and just that really seems to be one of the strengths of this Utah State defense. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Uh, when you got when you got guys like safeties and uh, strikers that can go play a different position, like always when you got safeties that can go play corner and corner that can go play safety, it's always going to be a good thing for the coaches because they can always install all type of plays and knowing that we can do get the job done whether we have safety or corner. So I mean, it's good when it comes to things like that. As a player, would you rather get like a quarterback sack or pick off a pass? I'd rather get a pick. I'm, I'm going to change the game. Turn it over and give us a chance to go score. <laughs> there you go. Okay, I like that. Um, what do you see as the biggest improvement in the defense so far during this fall camp? Uh, the biggest improvement, i say just our urgency and uh, our willingness to, to go every day and be consistent. Uh, consistency was a thing that we worked on, we was been uh, working on. So, I mean, as, as Kent went on, our consistency as a defense and our urgency and our energy has been, it's been pretty consistent and uh, we liking it. Uh, one of the last practices before you turn your attention to UConn. How do you feel ready for game one as that's coming around really fast? I mean, I don't know if we're ready yet, but we're getting ready. We, uh, we're going to tomorrow and install day. So, I mean, before the game comes, we'll be ready. But we're working. We're we, we excited to get, get started on UConn. How would you evaluate the Utah State offense who's going at you every day in practice? Um, we got a very good quarterback that can put some balls in places that a lot of quarterbacks can't put it, and we got receivers that's going to catch the ball. So I'm excited. We got a lot of speed. We got a lot of big guys, a lot of physical guys. So I'm excited. Uh, this offense is going to be it's going to be crazy. When I was up here the other day, you and Logan were a little trash talking. And he said it was talking about a play that happened 45 minutes ago. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, there's a good good energy between the offense and defense on this team. How, how excited are you to turn your attention to finally somebody else rather than each other. Well, I'm super excited, man. I want to I want to watch these receivers make a lot of plays, man. I know the plays that, that they put us in, it's, it's pretty hard. So I know that when it comes to other guys trying to guard that, it's going to be crazy. And, and, and they're not, they not going to be expecting what they're going to get. Uh, just me competing with these guys made me better. I mean, I love to go against receivers like these because, I mean, I'm not going to see too many of these guys. So, I mean, I'm excited. They made me better every day. It's just I love to go against the best of the best. So, uh, the more I can go against these guys and learn and craft my technique is, is just going to be better for me, so I'm excited. Who's the biggest trash talker on the team? All right. Would you put yourself there, or are there other guys that stand out? I'm definitely one of those guys. <laughs> uh, on the offense, uh, I don't really know. Probably Calvin. Calvin Thomas. Oh, yeah? Okay. Maybe. 
Sometimes, I don't know. Probably, I don't really know. Probably receiver. Probably McGriff. Yeah, there's a number of guys on defense who seem to be oh, yeah, yeah. a lot more it's chirpy. There's a, a lot of guys on defense. That defensive line, DBU, I mean, it's a lot of us. We're going to talk. We're going to get you out the game. We're going to try to get in your head. So. <laughs> That's great. Well, Johnny Carter, excited for the start of the season and uh, fun to see you in a new position. So good luck. Appreciate you. Ah, there it is, a Johnny Carter. He's fun to talk to. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of these guys that are fun to talk to, really energetic and really smart too. He He's uh, he's excited to play his new position. Yeah. He's excited to be able to affect the game in different ways than what he used to as a backup safety. Uh, he's He's got size, he's got length, he's got speed, and uh, he's he's not bashful. But tracking, talking some trash, <laughs> a wide receiver that might line up on the opposite side of him. Yeah, you wonder how he wasn't playing corner his whole life because he he just sounds like one. It's like he's confident he's going to shut the other guy down, and that's the talk about wide receivers having egos. Corners might have an even bigger ego. <laughs> yes. Um, just with and you know what, it can play into their favor. You know, Deion Sanders had a huge ego, still does, but it didn't hold him back, and he usually doesn't hold wide receivers back. So it's almost better for wide receivers and corners to have ego because it almost seems to make them better. Um, so long as they're in a locker room cancer, which Carter is not. He's very much a positive influence on this locker room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had a fun time talking to him. You know, based on where we're at on the show and how much time we have left, well, we have to punt on the Chandler Dolphin interview till uh, tomorrow. We'll push that off into tomorrow because – I thought I might have a few questions to ask him, and he's a very smart, cerebral guy. And so I went a lot longer with him than I anticipated. So we won't have time to fit his interview in, so we'll play that tomorrow. Uh, we do need to get to take a, a quick time out here in the full court press. We do have some additional thoughts. We want to still get yours, 435-339-0321. A couple texts that have come in. We'll get to those. Stick around. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Coming up in about three and a half minutes. Uh, but first, Mountain West Motor, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership, located at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs, specially customized for your next adventure. So whether it's hauling trailers or just hauling kids, uh, go check out what they have on their uh, on their lot. Great variety at 615 North Main in Logan or online, mwmotor.com. Jenny and I don't often get a chance to just sit and talk. She's so busy. That's what I get for having such a bright and talented daughter. But last Tuesday, she invited me out for a bite to eat at Barrel and Stave, and we talked about old times. It was great. Oh, and the handcrafted cocktails and wine were great, too. Barrel and Stave, a relaxed, comfortable atmosphere, makes for the perfect place to wind down after a long day at work or connect on a nice night out. Barrel and Stave, good feelings, great food, exceptional experience. Located at 33 Federal Avenue, open Tuesday through Saturday, at 4 p.m. For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices when it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system. Make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com. 
Hi, this is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. At White Pine, we value compassion, integrity, and service. We are committed to serving you and treating your family as our family. We will be here when you need us most to listen, to help, and to provide exactly what your circumstances require. At White Pine, we promise to dedicate our time and attention to you and your family. We invite you to come by and meet us. We're confident you'll feel a difference. Summer is cruising by way too fast. It's already back to school time. Soon you're going to start experiencing many special places and events that you won't forget, such as your first slide down Old Main Hill, attending Aggie football and basketball games, or a wild party at the Howe, and your first kiss on the Aggie Bowl. That might just lead to that extra special moment at Jarek's Fine Jewelry, Cash Valley's engagement ring store, where it's all about the romance. Just look for the bright green cars at 930 North Main Street. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Uh, the Chandler Dolphin interview that I was able to do today, we'll play that tomorrow. Stay tuned for that coming up next hour, or not next hour, coming up tomorrow. Also tomorrow, uh, D. Jones will be joining us to talk about the Rocky Mountain kickoff high school football doubleheader on Merlin Olsen Field coming up uh, next Thursday. So maybe, maybe somebody needs to talk to him about getting high school football involved in a halftime thing i don't know he'd probably be the guy to talk to he's he's organized a couple of good events in both football and basketball that are starting to become traditions here uh the other thing we weren't able to get to because we just frankly ran out of time utah jazz schedule release uh we'll say this just this stands out few things that do stand out october 19th is when the season begins home game against denver it's a great start great matchup uh just a few days later, they're on the road at Minnesota on October 21st. Yeah, so that's that one we mentioned yesterday where that's the first game they play against Rudy Gobert. Second game of the year. Uh, All-Star break will be in Utah February 16th through the 22nd. Jazz will play on Halloween against Memphis. They'll play on New Year's Eve against Miami. Um, we'll have to find out when they play against the New York Knicks, just in case. I mean... We know, but and, we're going to hide yeah, it from you we, until tomorrow. We might mention that. So we'll go into uh, a little bit greater detail about the Utah Jazz and their schedule release. Um, notable games, uh, notable dates. Yeah, there's there's a few notable things. You know, I've, I've mentioned that I'm not a huge fan of, like, NBA or NFL schedule releases because, I mean, you know who you're going to play already. In the NFL, you tend to know all of your opponents. In the NBA, of course, you know all of your opponents because uh, you play every team. But there are things you can pick out. Some Not all schedules are created equal, despite the fact that they're roughly the same for every team, with the exceptions based on what division you're in and what conference you're in. So th- there's a few things you can pick out. But I don't like obsessing over it, especially the way some people do in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Where they're like, oh, we're going to talk about this. Like, no, you don't. The schedule just came out. You know who you're going to play. You already knew who you were going to play. Now you just know what week. So now you can just plan out your trips. That's all that changes in the NFL when they do their schedule release, but they make a huge deal out of it. You don't need to. Uh, By the way, 2122, thanks. Love the show. Thank you. Appreciate you guys, uh, all of our listeners, all the participation today. 
it was hopping. It was great. Uh, love the feedback. Love the interaction. More of it tomorrow at 4 o'clock right here on 106.9 The Fan. Love the Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity. Discover animals from around the world and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com.